Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors or publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. There's something new on Airs LA every day. Hi, I'm Patty Matson, and you're listening to Style and Substance. Today's article is from Reader's Digest's November 2023 edition on page 80, entitled Health, Dementia Breakthroughs. After decades of disappointments, new treatments and tests are finally here by Vanessa Milne. This is part two of a three-part series that began on November 7th. New Drugs for Alzheimer's. For decades, the treatment of dementia has seemed frustratingly dormant. Two classes of drugs that were introduced three decades ago can improve symptoms. Cholinesterase inhibitors boost acetylcholine, a chemical the brain needs for alertness, memory, and judgment. And memantine regulates glutamate, a chemical messenger needed for learning and memory. But neither offers a way to limit the disease's progress. Aducanumab, launched two years ago, can reduce buildup of amyloid plaques in the brains in Alzheimer's patients, but it has not been proved to slow cognitive decline. Now, thanks to years of research progress, we're on the brink of major advances in treatment and prevention. The new drugs are big, exciting breakthroughs, says Gil Livingston, a professor of psychiatry of older people at University College London. However, she adds, it's still early. In January of this year, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first drug that slows the progress of Alzheimer's, rather than just treating the symptoms. The clinical trials, people with Alzheimer's who took the drug Lakembi for 18 months, showed their rate of memory and cognitive decline was 27% less than in those who took a placebo. But it's not clear what the decline translates to in the real world. And there are downsides to the new drug, which is given by IV. It's expensive, and it can have serious side effects, including bleeding in the brain. A second drug, donanumab, not yet approved by the FDA, has also shown promise in clinical trials. It slows the rate of cognitive decline from Alzheimer's by about one-third. But like lecanemab, it can have similar serious side effects. So we're not quite there, says Dr. Livingston. But it's fantastic that we're beginning to be there. Big leaps forward in prevention. In the past few years, our knowledge about preventing dementia has increased dramatically, and we've learned that many issues that cause dementia are treatable. We finally sorted out what the risk factors are, and we're paying attention to them, says Dr. Weaver. According to a 2020 Lancet report led by Dr. Livingston, 40% of dementia cases could be avoided. The number one factor was hearing loss, which can affect your ability to talk to other people and can lead to isolation. That really surprised us, said Dr. Livingston, and it's a reversible risk because you can change it by using hearing aids. Spending time socializing was another important lifestyle factor. Talking to other people stimulates your brain and gets it working because you have to engage. You have to think, Dr. Livingston explains. Getting 150 minutes of exercise a week can keep your heart in good shape, which translates into a healthier brain. Having a stimulating job also helps as does having more education earlier in life. It boosts what's known as your cognitive reserve. So even if you do suffer from a loss of cognitive power, you have some despair. Treating depression is also important. And then there are things to avoid. 
smoking, and air pollution raise the risk of developing dementia, and it's now known that traumatic brain injury increases the risk, as does heavy drinking, having high blood pressure, or diabetes and being obese. We now know that for many people, dementia is not inevitable, says Dr. Livingston. Blood tests for more accurate diagnosis. Just as important as new medications are breakthroughs in diagnosis. Multiple blood tests for Alzheimer's, which have been used widely in clinical trials, are expected to be available to the public before the end of 2023, according to Gil Rabinovici, a neurologist and the director of the University of California San Francisco's Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. Currently, Alzheimer's is diagnosed by doctors through a combination of means, including physical exams, brain imaging, and reviewing symptoms and family medical history. Doctors will also administer cognitive tests, such as asking people to remember a list of words, drawing a clock, or name as many animals as you can. What's missing from this evaluation is direct and conclusive biological evidence of Alzheimer's, meaning that the diagnosis relies heavily on the doctor's expertise, says Dr. Rabinovici. Dr. Weaver agrees. It's not like rheumatoid arthritis, for which we can do a blood test, or pneumonia, where you can do an x-ray and go, yep, you've got it. That's important because according to a 2012 study, about 30% of people clinically diagnosed with Alzheimer's were discovered through autopsy to not actually have it. That study looked at people with mild to moderate dementia. But for those with only mild cognitive impairment, which is harder to diagnose, the accuracy would be even lower, says Dr. Rabinovici. In some cases, that would mean that instead of having Alzheimer's disease, people might have vascular or Lewy body dementia. However, for others, their symptoms are caused by something reversible, such as sleep disorders like sleep apnea, mood disorders like depression, or hormonal changes. Medications such as those used to treat insomnia, incontinence, and even allergies can negatively affect cognitive function, especially in older adults. With new Alzheimer's drugs now available, it's even more important that doctors have the right diagnosis before prescribing anything. An accurate diagnosis allows people to make crucial decisions, such as whether to quit their jobs or move into assisted living, and allows their families to plan for caregiving support. Michelle Mielke, chair of the Department of Epidemiology and Prevention at Wake Forest University School of Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, says an early and more accurate diagnosis, which a blood test may provide, could transform healthcare in the future. Plaques start developing in the brain about 20 years before symptoms begin, she explains, and not everyone with plaques will develop cognitive impairment. She says that years from now, just like we screen people for their cholesterol because we know it's a risk for heart attack and stroke, we might be able to screen people by a certain age for amyloid and tau proteins. And if they are elevated, we could try a treatment plan of medications that will delay or prevent that person from ever developing symptoms. Part three next week. Well, that wraps up Style and Substance for today, Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. If you'd like to learn more about Airs LA, follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash LA, and be sure to click that like button. This podcast is solely for the use of the blind and print impaired. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. Enjoy the week ahead.